You're listening to The Comics Hall with Amy and Paul, Sideshow's very own comic book podcast. Join us as we celebrate New Comic Book Day every week and discuss the latest releases, the biggest announcements, and more from your favorite publishers. What's in your comics hall? Hey, everybody. I'm Amy. And I'm Paul. And welcome to the Comics Hall. Today we are going to be covering all the new releases from Wednesday, February 17th for you. We've got some other cool things coming up as well, uh, talking about what's next in some sideshow events. We've also got the debut of a new segment here on the Comics Hall. So if you've been following us for a while, uh, we got something spicy and new. Uh, so hopefully that'll be really cool. Spicy. We are also joined by our uh, lovely moderator. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Jasmine. Welcome to the Comics Hall. We are live in so many places twitter twitch instagram the light your geek side show facebook group see i'm already losing mm -hmm. count anyway come chat with me anywhere <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah, so you guys can address your comments questions compliments as paul likes to say uh to jasmine in the chats so if you guys have any questions for us she will relay them uh, during the show. Jasmine is great people. She knows her comic stuff, so feel free to chat. Uh, but before we get into all of the excitement for this week, we do have some comic book news, some pretty big uh, cinematic stuff coming up. So, Paul, would you like to take that away? We sure do. So, DC has announced that the cinematic worlds of Superman the movie and Tim Burton's Batman will both be getting their own digital first comic series starting in July of this year. So, first, You'll believe that a man can fly with Superman 78, written by Rob Venditti, with art by Wilfredo Torres. And then secondly, we can dive into Tim Burton's gothic vision of Batman, uh, oh, vision of Gotham with Batman 89, 89 by uh, screenwriter Sam Hamm and artist Joe Quinones, which is awesome. Love Joe Quinones. Um, each comic will tell, a new, uh, will tell new stories set in the worlds of the film pulling on loose threads and introducing brand new adventures. The official press release teases movie magic as close as you can get in a comic with 12 digital first chapters in July that will be printed as physical comics between August and October. So uh, it seems like DC really likes this format. They are going to be doing um, this a lot more specifically with I think books that they want to get a really quick turnaround on because a lot of this stuff is uh, you know uploaded digitally first and then put to uh, put to press. So I'm really excited for this. I'm really really excited to see what the comic version of Tim Batten's Tim Burton's Batman is like. Man, Tim Batten's Burton man <laughs> starting off strong today. It's gonna Heck be a good yeah. show. Starting I'm strong. an I'm ex I mean I'm ex uh, especially excited for both of those titles and the uh, the Superman art looks so bright and colorful. But yeah. um, for anyone who's followed uh, Joe Quinones for a while, you know that. Batman 89 is a passion of his, and that is something he has been trying to get off the ground for a while. Um, he's he's had a lot of character designs and stuff that he just has really been working hard at. So I'm very excited to see him get to realize this, and I will be mm -hmm. checking those out when they drop. Uh, I'll probably wait for the print releases, but the digital first is very cool. Um, now, our next piece of news is the future of the Fantastic Four from Marvel. So in celebration of the Fantastic Four's upcoming 60th anniversary, oh my goodness, Marvel's first family, <laughs> uh, Marvel has teased the unthinkable. It's the wedding of Doctor Doom. Uh, and Reed Richards is the best man, so congratulations to them both. Um, Congrats. But we don't know who the bride is. In a promotional image by Valerio Schiti and Marte Gracia, Doom and the hidden woman stand in their wedding attire while Mr. Fantastic, Invisible Woman, the Human Torch, the Thing, Alicia, who is uh, Thing's wife, Namor, and Black Panther 
observe the ceremony. There's also some really cool details in the background, and the image tagline teases the future of the Fantastic Four begins in May 2021. Uh, there are also hints uh, in the background. You see Kang the Conqueror, uh, Cormorant, one of their new threats, and some strife between theme- teammates. We see the Thing, who might be beating uh, Johnny Storm up mm-hmm. a little bit, you know, just some friendly, I'm sure, uh, team strife. Uh, but Dan Slott and RB Silva will be the creative team headlining this anniversary celebration yes. when it releases in May. And that's also the same uh, time period where we're getting Heroes Reborn. I'm sure they will be entirely separate events, but this is a very cool thing to see coming. And oh my goodness, 60 years of Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. Can you believe it? Nope. <laughs> like it was older just yesterday I <laughs> that I, it's older than both of us combined, Amy. And it's older than me, you and jazz combined. I think <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not an, I'm not a, you know, age scientist. So Way to uh, backdate this show, I guess, or, or very weirdly. date. No, no. This I, show. I think people need to know that we are, you know, younger than the fantastic four. Cause that's what they're looking for. in you know, a comic book authority, right. Is <laughs> making sure that we, you know, are that young. So, um, also very excited for that. Dan Slott and Arby Silva's run right now on fantastic four is great. I started picking it up right after empire, uh, because I was just curious. I had not read any fantastic four. It's just, I don't think I'd read any fantastic four since, um, Hickman. So mm-hmm. it's it just, you know, Picking this up is great. And a lot of those little like images that you can see in the glass in that promo image are sort of pulling on threads right now that we are seeing in Dan Slott's current run. But we're both we're all very excited for that. And me and Amy did not get an invitation to the wedding. Um, <laughs> again, rude. we keep getting snubbed out of all of these uh, comic book weddings. But We didn't get do? invited to the Hellfire Gala. Our summer is going to be wide open. So if any Marvel super teams want to mm-hmm. book us. But uh, we do have another exciting event coming up this week that we did get invited to. Uh, our last piece. I hope so. <laughs> our last piece of news for today is that Court of the Dead Day uh, is going to be celebrated this Friday, <laughs> February 19th by uh, by Sideshow. You guys might have seen some of the announcement images on our social, which will feature giveaways, Sideshow rewards, game shows, everybody's favorite new uh, win, lose, or die, and cobbled cosplay. We've got live streams and deals to help you build your crypt of Court of the Dead curios. Now, currently, you can register for the event for free, and Jasmine will drop the link to the event mm-hmm. registration. Uh, that nets you $5 in Sideshow Rewards, so you want to make sure you do have a Sideshow account. Uh, plus, you gain automatic entry into the grand prize pack for the event, which is an awesome gaming package from the uh, kind of complete catalog of Court of the Dead's gaming uh, properties. Right which is really cool. And the centerpiece of the day is going to be uh, a big live stream called Court of the Dead Alive from the Underworld, which will also feature exclusive giveaways and uh, talks with Tom Gilliland, the mind behind the madness of the underworld uh, <laughs> himself. Paul, what any any other things yeah. about Court of the Dead Day you want to call out? Yeah, it's, it's we are going to have uh, content up on social all day. So if you need to familiarize yourself with what Court of the Dead is, as early as like two o'clock in the morning, we are going to hit the ground running with lore to sort of prep you for the alive from the underworld. So you can really, you know, go to the underworld feeling good and ready to join a faction. (laughs) Um, But, you know, Again, doubling up on all of the things that Amy had said, you know, reward codes, everything. You can actually go, if you were listening on the podcast format, hello from the past, and also <laughs> go to side.show forward slash C-O-T-D, like Court of the Dead, C-O-T-D, D. 
day. So that's side.show forward slash C-O-T-D day. Um, you can register. You can see the landing page that we have there um, and everything um, as far as giveaways and such will be there as well. And that's really going to be your hub for Court of the Dead Day. So yeah. very excited for that. So if you are listening live, that is in two days. That'll be Friday the 19th. But if you're listening on the podcast, which goes live on the Thursday following every Wednesday, you do have some time to still prep. And if you're listening in the far-flung future, be sure to check all of the event recap because it's sure to be a spooky good time. Uh, and there will be uh, free stories and stuff. So we've got some – we're going to talk today about free Court of the Dead content that yes. you can read online. online. Um, so there's going to be some of that uh, coming up for Court of the Dead Day. But we'll get to that in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh First of all, we had a panel of the week showdown in anticipation of Court of the Dead Day uh, to kind of introduce you to the fact that there are, in fact, web comics and comics in general available for Court of the Dead. So our panel of the week showdown was best panel that is available as a free web comic from courtofthedead.com. Yes. Now, Paul, do you want to explain your pick? I do. Um, so mine is from Death's First Harvest, story and characters by Tom Gilliland, script by Landry Q. Walker, art by Ivan uh, Koritarev. Koritarev. Koritarev, I'm sorry, and letters by Pat uh, Brossow. Um, so we see Death sort of shepherding a soul from, you know, into the underworld. I just loved this panel so much. You can sort of get everything that you need to know about death in just this panel. Um, I also love the colors and the contrast of death's sort of, you know, murky green skin versus like the bright colors of that, that soul. It's just, it's incredible. I love this panel so much. And I actually went through the entire catalog uh, looking for a panel. And this is what ended up um, being my choice here. It's an excellent choice. And yes, color is actually really important in Court of the Dead. And the Mm -hmm. blue is the energy of the soul. So that was like a really, I mean, a really great thing to notice. Um, I picked a panel out of Court of the Dead Call of the Valkyrie, which is one of the several comics featuring everybody's favorite, Kier. Uh, This is story and characters by Tom Gilliland with a script by Jason Bischoff, art by Andrew Huerta, and letters by Pat Brosseau as well. And I just really loved the... um, the, the the really quick dialogue in this panel where a, a battle uh, a broken soul on the battlefield is saying Jesus Mary and Joseph and here is saying I am no angel uh, just a really cool look at the character of Kier who is a fan favorite for a lot of good reasons mm-hmm. um, and just I and the art style itself also is really really um, very unique and intense lines a lot less elegant than you would expect a lot of the Court of the Dead pieces to be um but this is it it's it's got the energy and kind of uh again very bright uh contrast of what you would expect for court of the dead um so i just thought this was a great great panel to show off one of the best characters in the court of the dead (laughs) also this this panel has like really great perspective of like you're the soul and she is talking to you Mm-hmm. And uh, I just, it's just, it's just a great panel. I love the energy and like that sword alone. Oh man, it's great. Yep. But there can only be one winner, and the winner this week of panel of the week, which is redundant, but I'm sorry, <laughs> is drum roll, Amy Chase, Call Con- of the Valkyrie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought the panel was called Amy Chase beats Paul by like eighty <laughs> votes. 
Yeah, this one wasn't even close. You know, sometimes or more recently <laughs> in our panels of the week, um, you guys vote on our Instagram right here at uh, the Comics Hall. Also, on our Twitter, you can find us there or our Facebook. But we also post in the Let Your Geek Side Show Facebook group. Uh, but normally it's pretty close. <laughs> it was not close. And it's usually week. pretty close in your favor. <laughs> it, I mean, I have a tendency to sometimes just kind of like squeak out a win sometimes. <laughs> Um, I think what are we at now, Amy? I think we're all, we're tied up again. Almost, this year. yeah. Two because and two, three and three, something. I like somehow that. missed the comics hall meeting where we're redoing all of our like it's a fresh slate. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'll I, I should just read my notes, but um yeah, so it's close. But that yeah, this one was not close. But Amy rightfully deserved the win. That was an awesome panel. Thank you very much. And if you guys are wondering where you can see those panels for yourselves, we will have uh, some information about that for you in our new segment coming up. But before we get to that, we have our usual bread and butter of the show. We've got the weekly haul. A uh, very interesting week. We're kind of in the middle of February. Yeah. Um, a, a shorter month for the publishers, but there are still some great releases. We do have some new number ones that are uh, excellent to talk about. So, um, we are going to jump right in with the aim of the book. And again, uh, Paul, if you want to, do you want to refresh anyone who might be just sure joining us on what the aim system is? So if this is your first time joining us, um, we don't necessarily like to give books a numerical rating. We just think what is a two to us might be a number, a nine out of 10 for you. So what we do is we have a system called our aim system, the, which is an acronym. The A stands for accessibility. How easy is it for you to, a, find this book, like tangibly pick this book up. Um, and then also, how easy is it for you to just jump in? Is Can you just pick it up and read it and understand what's going on? The I stands for interest. Who do we think would like this book? Also, what is the interest of this book around the comic book world? Is it generating a lot of buzz? Um, but also, like, what properties specifically we think you know we can sort of tie to this that we think you would like and lastly the m money or as amy likes to put it the monetary investment how much uh, does this book cost and what are you getting for what you're paying so that is our aim system that's what we use for all of our uh reviews that we do yeah and amy. hopefully it'll help it'll help give you all the tools you need to make mm -hmm. an informed decision at your local comic book store so without further ado we're going to jump right into our first aim this week we've got hollow heart number one from vault comics now Again, if you are just joining us for the first time, Paul and I love Vault Comics, and that yes. is clear through the catalog of recent weeks of reviews. They have been pushing the gas and just really uh, going full throttle on some really unique uh, brand new series highlighting creators that you might not have been familiar with before. So Hollow Heart is um, written by Paul Aller with art and colors by Paul Tucker. So it's a, a two Paul team. Uh, we, we here at the Comics Hall are just a one-Paul team, but uh, <laughs> two Pauls might be better than one. No, no. Could, <laughs> almost could, never. Almost never. <laughs> I can promise you. Um, but this is this is the big uh, release from Vault. There are a couple of other series out from Vault this week um, with the second issue coming out for the picture of everything else. But this is their kind of uh, headliner for the week. And the best way that I can describe it is it is a queer sci-fi horror romance now, if any of those terms excite you, this is a fabulous read. I didn't really know what to expect going into it, but I absolutely loved it. You can even see from the evocative cover. And if you are watching uh, live right now, my background is actually the Jen Hickman cover, which features the monster in question with a uh, tank full of goldfish 
in the helmet, which is very important to the story. Um, Accessibility-wise, as this was the big release from Vault Comics, I hope your store is carrying Vault by this point. If they're not, you have to have a stern talking with them. Uh, But more than that, there's at least three different covers to choose from, so I'm sure that they have ordered a number of the covers. And in terms of the story accessibility, this is a true number one. It presents you with everything that you need to know to understand the basis of the plot. And true number one is a phrase we like to use here that represents you don't need anything before going into this book. You don't even have to have read the solicitation text. You could pick this book up Mm -hmm. off the shelf because you go, that's a cool cover. Do I need to know anything else? And you can dive right in. Um, There's a really, also, I want to point out, there's a really engaging use of anecdotal narration that kind of tells the action of the story. Uh, Just a really fascinating little read. And in terms of interest, um, I already mentioned it's kind of that really cool mishmash of uh, genres and, and subjects that don't usually go together. But if I were to compare it to previously published work, I actually can't think of a comic that is um, kind of a one-for-one comparison. But if you are a sci-fi fan, this reads like I have no mouth and I must scream. Hmm. That very famous Harlan Ellison sci-fi story about a supercomputer that perpetually tortures uh, humans and they, they just can't die. Um, it kind of flips that in a different direction, but it also reads like The Shape of Water, where a custodian mm. in a scientific uh, laboratory is tasked with taking care of a creature that it that they may or may not slowly kind of have affection for. Um, in this story, the character on the cover is L, and L was once a human being, but now they are just a series of kind of just a couple of vital organs in a in a biomechanical exosuit, kind of like the big daddies from uh, Bioshock, actually. Um, and L is just a few, it's it's just a few vital organs. They, they are, and I actually don't know, um, it just, you don't get a lot of history about how they came mm. to be just vital organs in a suit, but you can tell that L aren't is very, I, I mean, <laughs> at the, yeah, at the end of the day, aren't we all just vital organs in, a, in an exosuit? Um, but in a cybernetic kind of life support chamber. And L is extremely unhappy with this existence and routinely tries to escape captivity. Uh, but you find out that L is not necessarily just trying to escape to go and live life outside of the science uh, factory, outside of the laboratory, science factory. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. Science been factory. been doing a show with me for too long is what's happening. <laughs> it's because I'm, I'm an English major, not a science major. Anyways. Um, but Due to these repeated es- uh, escape attempts, L is required to undergo maintenance because the exosuit gets damaged. And so that's when we meet Mateo, who is um, who is in charge of kind of keeping L uh, functioning. And they develop an interesting relationship. And it's only the first issue, uh, but it's really cool. And it deals a lot in the theme of isolation. How can you be a person and have meaningful relationships with other people if you are just a couple of organs in an exosuit, uh, mm. but can humans who are considered to be full humans have meaningful relationships with people or, or are we all just isolated? And it also touches a lot on the kind of dignity of life and like mm. the circumstances under which you keep someone alive. And so it's a very, very thought provoking little piece. And so it's one of those things where you hear queer sci-fi monster love story and you don't think it's going to work necessarily. But I was absolutely stunned by this this debut issue. And it just yeah. really... The artwork is beautiful. The cover is beautiful. The, the narration style is so unique. Um, I just absolutely loved Hollow Heart. And in terms of the M, 
uh, for monetary value, it's $3.99 and you're getting 32 pages. That's pretty mm-hmm. consistent for vault releases. Um, and $3.99 is kind of the standard pricing of an issue. Absolutely not to be missed this week. Um, I know some people are probably going to overlook this book just because it is so unique and that cover is really freaky, actually, mm-hmm. but I love it. Uh, really great color choice. But um, absolutely, if you are a sci-fi fan, if you are a fan of The Shape of Water, if you've read I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream and, and you're just really into that kind of stuff. And there's also some Frankenstein vibes, but I wouldn't go so far as to say it's anything like a Frankenstein story. I just think that Hollow Heart is like the release of the week personally. (laughs) So you mean to tell me there's not one pitchfork in this whole comic? Uh, No, but there is like a, there's like a electric gun with like two little prongs on the end. So that's like the closest thing to a pitchfork uh, that you get, but it's just, it's a really (laughs) beautiful thought provoking story. And I am very, very excited uh, for the next issue. I've, I've made sure to subscribe. I believe three issues are solicited currently and I've made sure to subscribe all the way through Um, a lot of vault releases. It's, I get excited for the first issue and then finishing the first issue, I get excited for everything to come. Uh, it's, it's just, it's fabulous. It's going to be an interesting week because I am going to aim a book, not, not this next one I'm going to do, but very soon that I think is the best book of the week that is, that is out. But I've also, it's like, that would also require me and Amy to read like everything that is out. That is true. (laughs) Um, so just take our word for it i guess um but yeah hollow heart sounds great uh it looks great i picked up i think the tim daniel cover for this it looks more like the mech um i think it's the cover b i'm really excited to read this kind of the comic book cover parody yeah it's it's funny because it says uh l hollow heart and i was like oh that's fun i was like oh l okay (laughs) (laughs) not what i was thinking at all Yes. And also I want to mention in terms of accessibility, it's available on Comixology. So if for some reason your store does not stock vault, uh, after you finish writing them a strongly worded letter, check it out on Comixology. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We'll sign the letter. (laughs) Um, All right. So I'm going to uh, talk about the book that I would really, really, really like you all to read. And it's also the book that I just so happened to be aiming, which is Ha Ha number two which is also what my background is now i have covered haha number one and you're i'm sure you're wondering why are you you know picking up a number two and i will explain that very very shortly you are seeing here the cover b the ben simmons um i'm sorry not (laughs) not i keep calling him ben simmons but it's martin simons um uh variant here for uh covered B. Wow. Okay. I just completely, as soon as I called him Ben, I completely lost my train of thought, but this is a (laughs) wonderful cover also happens to be my background. Um, So this book is written by W. Maxwell Prince an art by uh, Zoe Thorogood. So sort of jumping right into the aim of this, we have, um, if we get into like how easy is it to find, it's pretty interesting because haha number one was a, a bit of a mixed bag. Certain shops like uh, the shop Amy is at had a ton of them. My shop didn't have too many of them. I just don't think people knew what to think of this. But my shop now had like a billion covers for this because Haha Number One did really, really, uh, it it did pretty well as far as on the retailer side of things. So I do think that um, your shop should have it if you go and get your books today or tomorrow. But I really wouldn't wait too much longer. This is a pretty hot book um right now but it is available on comiXology right now now as far as accessibility goes it's not your normal number two this is an anthology series so you can actually just pick up issue two 
and be totally fine. There is nothing really that connects it to issue one that is going to impact the story. There is a small tether between issue one and two, like W. Maxwell Prince likes to do. He likes to sneak something in there to let you know this is all in world, but um, it's not impactful enough for it to really deter you from reading the story. So you can pick up issue two, no problem, if it's if it's interesting to you. Moving right on to the eye, the interest of this. Again, if you like like Ice Cream Man or any of the other stuff that W. Maxwell Prince has done, you're going to love this because it's the same. The best way I can explain it is like the same cadence. It hits the same beats and it hits the same niche feelings that like a, a comic book can evoke from you it's um it's slow in the right ways like if any of you out there read that texas blood that i had recommended a couple times um very similar where it takes its time to tell the story it's absolutely wonderful um now it's <laughs> again as i mentioned with issue one it, it is very grounded and it is very gritty and this isn't a book that you read and think, you know what I'd like to do today is I'd like to make my brain feel good um, <laughs> because it's not going to do that. It is a real world look at the things that a mother will do to ensure the survival of her child on the road. Um, and you can kind of fill in the blanks with your, with your imagination, think of all of the things that that might entail. But it's done in a very, very respectful way. And also Zoe Thorogood does an incredible job of, you know, drawing the expressions on the uh, both lead characters' faces. You have a mother and a daughter who are on the road because the mother has had what her husband thinks is a psychotic break, but it, it you really don't. It, it, there's not enough information for you to say like, well, maybe she is, maybe she isn't. But by the end of the book, you definitely will start forming some opinions because I did personally. So, um, <laughs> but Zoe Thorogood does an incredible job of showing all of the expressions and all of the unsaid feelings and emotions that the, uh, the mother says to her daughter in this and does a great job of conveying like like sadness and resentment in in ways that I just kind of haven't seen in a while um it's it's incredible and it's very again the best way I can explain it is it's very grounded and it's something that you can imagine might actually happen in with just um replacing you know the clown aspect for some other form of work and it's it's incredible it's um it tackles some very weighty subjects that W. Maxwell Prince likes to tackle in the comic book medium, like familial loyalty, mental health, um, and just sort of the things that someone is willing to do for the ones that they love. And um, it's just incredible. This is definitely a series that should be on your pool. And I didn't even think this was the best book of the week, but I'm starting by, by I'm starting to, to shift now, but I also haven't read hollow art. So I can't, <laughs> I can't say that yet, but. Also, Chris O'Halloran um, and Zoe Thorogood do an excellent job of capturing like quiet moments and sad moments that are all over this book. Again, it's a sad book, but it's very well done. <laughs> um, and Chris O'Halloran is actually going to be on the entire series. So that's one thing that I really liked about Haha ha and W. Maxwell Prince's idea of doing this, because, you know, we get an anthology series, same writer, different artists. And sometimes the different artists can be very jarring. Uh, I can, you know, you're like, oh. 
okay, I wasn't really ready for that. But with Chris O'Halloran, the colorist, being on every single book, it's actually really nice because there is that level of similarity between each and every issue. Um, it's it's wonderful. And it's just, it's so fun to read. And I'm very curious because W. Maxwell Print doesn't like to do interviews like before he does all this stuff. He usually likes to talk about all this stuff after it's already been put out. He did that with Ice Cream Man as well. Um, I'm very curious to see where he pulled a lot of these stories from because while I'm sure he's an incredible, incredible writer, I'm not saying he couldn't just make this stuff up. I would just love to see if he actually pulled any of this from real world experiences. It'd be very interesting to hear. Um, and again, as far as the M goes in the aim, uh, it's only three ninety nine, and you're getting about 32 pages of comics. So you're getting the average, you know, uh, amount of a comic and it's all comic from floor to ceiling there. There's really no ads <laughs> at all in this. So uh, that's haha number two. You can definitely go find haha number one at your local shop too. Um, I'm sorry, as well. Um, it's already in second, going to third printing pretty soon. But haha number two is out. I think it's just got these two covers. There might be a third cover, but that's like a one in a hundred. So you're more <laughs> than welcome to get that. It's just going to cost you a little bit, um, you know, a little bit more. But yeah, definitely go pick this book up. It's really good. Now, before we send out the clowns, it looks like uh, moderator <laughs> Jasmine has a question from YouTube uh, for you, Paul. Oh, yes. Single Sunrider and JJJ on YouTube both ask if haha means anything, like if it's an acronym or anything else, and then if there's a story behind the title. Um, it's a great question. So as far as I know, there it's not an acronym for anything, but haha is was like the file name that W. Maxwell Prince had just called this, or it was what he had the file named as, I'm sorry, when he was sending this out to all of the artists and other people collaborating. And he just couldn't think of another title. Um, again, that is from like a email interview that he had done. Uh, he had done with like AIPT Comics. So I don't know how much was lost in translation. I don't know how much of that is true. But from what I know, it's basically like the file name. And he's just like, I like that because it's just ambiguous enough. And it doesn't, I think it also leads itself to not being just clowns the whole time. Like, I mean, right now it's all clowns. It could be something totally different. Um, I know there, you know, he wants to maybe do some stories with like the, within the life of like stand up comedians and that could also play into this. So, uh, I think haha is a nice ambiguous term that is also, you know, kind of scary when you're reading this book and you read like, haha, like, again, if you haven't read it, it's, it seems like, how can that be scary? But once you read the titles, the title, the title of haha tends to be a little more terrifying, but yeah. Especially because of the underlying sentiment of like, Saying the the book's title out loud is imitating a laughter sound, whether or not you say it monotone or not. Uh, but the it, so it's not an acronym for anything. It is mm -hmm. just the act of saying "ha ha." Um, I did want to point out though; it's really funny on the cover for this. Uh, we've got a bunch of skulls in balloons, mm -hmm. and the pink one actually looks like L from Hollow Heart. Total coincidence. <laughs> oh, it sure does. But I'm just I'm just thinking between the covers. Uh, it looks like it looks like L from Hollow Heart. <laughs> That's awesome. I didn't even notice that. Yeah. A couple of really depressing comics to start the week off. But uh, yeah. the next book that I'm aiming is actually a unique one. I don't usually tend to aim books that aren't easily accessible, but I'm going to go for it anyways. Uh, my next uh, book to talk about is Black Widow number five from Marvel Comics. Now, check first of all, check out that flipping cover. That is an Adam Hughes cover that makes mm -hmm. your stomach drop. That is Boy, is it. 
one of the best covers I've seen uh, for this entire year so far and all the solicits and uh, such. But this is a really, I wanted to bring this one up for the aim this week because it's actually important to remind people who might have been reading Black Widow. This book was delayed about six weeks, but it's out now. Um, it was written by Kelly Thompson with art by Elena Casagrande and then colors by Jordi Belair. And in terms of the A for accessibility, this is actually the first, uh, this is the end of the first arc in the series. So if you aren't already reading this series, I'm going to have a hard time recommending it to you. I mean, I can recommend you just point blank Kelly Thompson's Black Widow in five issues. It has already upended the character uh, and changed her in incredible ways, as Kelly Thompson tends to do with her mm -hmm. quick uh just get in and change the status quo on characters like jessica jones and even deadpool uh and hawkeye and all of these characters that she's had a chance to write um but even from issue one to issue five in kelly thompson's version of the character black widow has already changed so much and, and you really do have to read it to understand and appreciate it but it's, you're not without hope if you haven't been reading this series. The end of the arc means that there's a trade collection coming out soon. So uh, Black Widow Volume 1, The Ties That Bind, will be out on April 21st. You can pre-order it now. So if this is something that you're interested in, definitely check that out. Otherwise, um, if you were uh, reading this series, if you stopped, if you paused at issue 4 maybe and didn't realize the kind of shipping delay, this is the time to go in and pick up that issue. And without saying too much, the truth of Black Widow's new life was revealed in issue 4, so you do have to have read issue 4 before issue 5. I would not recommend cold picking this up um, because you're not going to know what's going on. That's the honest truth. Um, however, uh, so that kind of, I guess that kind of feeds into the interest. If you're already reading the Black Widow series, you're going to want to pick this one up. Um, but I just wanted to clarify because some people thought with shipping delays that the book was canceled or, or what was happening. The book is absolutely not canceled. Uh, if you're a fan of El any of Kelly Thompson's work, this is a must read. Um, so be sure to either find the back issues or pre-order the trade paperback because this also does feed into the next arc. Um, the last two or three pages of this story set up for the story to come and black widow gets a cool costume redesign uh, and nice. we will see elena casagrande back on issue number seven uh, but there is a guest artist for issue number six that will introduce her new costume and black widow is stationed in san francisco right now um, we've seen her there before i believe but this is kind of just a really unique story and i don't want to tip my hand and give too much of it away so that's kind of the end of that uh <laughs> discussion i know it's hard to talk about but i wanted i it's important to remind people this did come out it wasn't canceled it was severely delayed so don't forget to pick it up if you were either waiting for each issue release and didn't have the whole series pulled or um i with without giving away the game it's beautiful and it also does a lot to kind of um reference the chris somni run that was hmm. so popular uh, so you'll want to check that out and and elena casagrande's artwork is amazing every yeah. every facet hmm. of uh, this creative team is firing on all cylinders, and it's just this really uh, beautiful, beautiful package all wrapped up in an incredible Adam Hughes cover. So the M in AIM, it's $3.99. It's a standard issue size and page count. You get 28 pages of story um, in this Marvel comic. And Black Widow, man, like Kelly Thompson <laughs> just is is one of those I will read anything by her always yeah. uh, but this She's... is no exception to just being another stellar feather in her cap of characters she's come in on and just completely changed the game with so yeah. that's black widow number five yeah i mean that's an awesome awesome series and again it's she's there's a reason that she was our 
are busy bee for a reason at one point because it's like how do you manage to not it's like to successfully just capture all of these voices and these incredible stories and they're all out of the park they're all fantastic fantastic stories um yeah you definitely should be reading black widow i I just want Kelly Thompson to write every character ever all the time now. I mean, I'd be really curious to see her take on Thor, but she seems to do more of the grounded kind of um, investigatory characters. I mean, with Hawkeye, Hawkeye Mm -hmm. was uh, running a PI business. Um, We also get to see Clint Barton. So if you're a fan of uh, Kelly Thompson's Clint Barton writing, uh, she does a great job with the Winter Soldier as well. Um, But just these kind of like characters who like to have their private lives and are maybe good at snooping on other people. I mean, Jessica Jones and black widow just really, she's got her style and it works and every character she writes manages to stay so distinct, which is great. Um, Yeah. Awesome book, but I've got one more book that I want to aim for y'all because I think this might be the best book of the week. I am talking about shadow doctor. Number one by aftershock comics um oh man this is such a good book so this is written by <laughs> peter calloway art by uh george Ante, and colors by Juancho. so peter calloway just for people you know to get a little bit of reference has worked on he's mainly uh he's done some comics but he's mainly a, a show writer as of late he's worked on legion american gods the hulu show cloak and dagger and then george Ante has worked on x-men uh, gl uh, green lantern i'm sorry superboy the american way and season eight of Buffy, which I know Amy is reading um, in, in comic form. So getting right into the, I, I want to just kind of pitch this book for all of you really fast because I, I was definitely, definitely sold on the pitch of this. And this story is about Peter Calloway's grandfather, Nathaniel, who is a, um, was a black doctor in the 1930s who couldn't get um, a job as a doctor because he was black and he wouldn't be allowed alone because he was black. So he had to turn to an alternative form of, um, he, I mean, he had to pay off his student loans. So he goes and he works for Al Capone. Um, the best part of this entire story is it's 100% true. And it is incredibly, incredibly fascinating. Um, and the one thing that I really love and respect about Peter Calloway in telling the story about his grandfather is he had mentioned very, very specifically that he, um, his grandfather and other the stories obviously gained a lot of traction in, in different factions of, of or different corners of pop culture is he says that people tend to um you know glorify the actions of his grandfather rightfully so there's a lot of you know harrowing stuff in here but he also says his grandfather did a lot of terrible things in his pursuit to be who he is um and he wants to you know just keep it 100 and tell everyone that this you know his grandfather was a complicated person and I really, really love and respect that. So as far as the A here, uh, the aim, uh, as far as the A and aim, the accessibility, it's a true number one. You don't need to know anything before going into this. Um, if you are a bit of a history nerd, you know, the um, the 1930s uh, Chicago mafia scene, not necessarily the Hoffa era, but again, mainly the Al Capone era. And then also the Great Depression plays into this as well. So that's sort of the um, the area that you're going to need to know specifically for this um and then 
again, this is a smaller release from Aftershock, who, again, one of my favorite publishers right now. I'm reading a ton of different things by them, but they're not, you know, they're not Image. They're not really um, even like Boom Studios. So there, it is sometimes harder to find their smaller releases, which this book is. It is one of their smaller books right now. So definitely call ahead. Um, if your shop doesn't have it, you can definitely order it. But I checked. It is also on Comixology if you're interested in reading it today, which you should 100%. So um, as far as the eye, the interest goes, the very first words in this book are the most hard to believe after you've finished it because the very first words are based on a true story. And um, it's it's said multiple times all throughout because Peter Cowley wants people to know that he is not – I mean, I, he he may be adding, you know, some color into this in different parts, but it is 100% a true story, and it's absolutely harrowing, and it's wonderful, and it's gritty, um, and they do a really good job of capturing that 1930s tone um, of what America is like in 1930s. And if you are in, if you're into like that prohibition era of the 1930s in American culture, definitely going to be a book for you because this also shows. Um, an alternative side to that. Um, it shows the, it shows how the prohibition affected um, the medical world as far as uh, that goes. Black America, the what the mafia looked like at that time, specifically with uh, prohibition as well. It's fascinating, um, and Peter uh, Calloway does an again an awesome job of putting you in the shoes of his grandfather, Nathaniel. And uh, Georges Ante does a great job of just, I, I can't explain it, but you're like, as soon as you are looking at the book, you're like, yeah, it's 1930s. I get it. <laughs> it's wonderful. The lines are clean. They're sharp. Um, and of course, Wancho does a great job with the coloring in the whole book. It's really, really great. I uh, I probably could do an entire show on just this book because I have been singing its praises all day. I love it so much. I actually read it twice. Um, now, the one of the interesting things when we we're, we're getting into the M, the uh, the monetary investment here is it's four ninety nine, which is about average for an aftershock number one. Now, hear me out here. No, I'm not trying to scare you away. You're getting it's thirty two pages, and you're only getting about twenty four pages of comic, but you've got about six pages of back matter that are actual photos of his grandfather that his grandfather has shared for him um letters you know he's his apparently has a picture of his grandfather with al capone um so the back matter of this of this book is about six pages and it's incredible um it is so interesting it is definitely definitely if you pick up shadow doctor number one by aftershock please stick around for the credits because it's so good it's so so good um, and also they are, they have teased, um, you know, they, they put a preview in for nuclear family number one, which comes out next week as well. Um, Stephanie Phillips book. So she, I mean, she can do no wrong. That book's going to be really exciting. So that is shadow doctor number one by aftershock comics. Please go pick it up, go read it somewhere. I promise you, you will it's love not, this book. Not often that we get the, the history buff side of comics no, coming out. I mean, not at all. People love their comic book histories and the multiverse and all the like super long uh, backstories for all the comic book characters. Mm -hmm. But like when the historical world uh, combines with the comic book world and what a what an interesting format to be telling that story. in. Yeah. 
Awesome. Well, good that week. does it. That that's a it's a good week. Yeah, interesting week. Uh, next week we'll have the kind of end of February, which is weird because a lot of comic book companies are kicking off new series at the end of the month, which isn't usual for a month. But Very February long. is anything but usual. But we promised you a new segment and a spicy new little segment we have. Uh, we would like to debut the brand new trade show. Uh, so the woo, trade woo. show segment. Um, in addition to our lovely roster of things like Panel of the Week and Cover Story and Collector's Corner Trade Show, is specifically going to be our uh, segment focused on trade paperbacks, whether or not they are currently releasing on that week, or we'll do our best to make sure they're still in print, but we want to highlight trade paperbacks that you can get if it's uh, related to a movie that's coming up or a new comic book um, mm -hmm based television series that you might want to check out these trades for. Uh, and we thought we'd debut this segment with a little heads up for our Court of the Dead Day coming up on Friday, as we mentioned. Uh, so there are, whether or not you know this, uh, two different uh, trade paperbacks, or actually one's a hardcover, um, for Court of the Dead stories. So we're going to focus and start with uh, Grave Tales, which is a comics omnibus. Now we've covered yes. omnibus editions uh, before on this show with gem mint collectibles now this is a bit smaller of an omnibus than you might be thinking but it is a fantastic collection and a great starting point for court of the dead stories now this is um we're not going to aim these ones but uh it is 18.99 available through sideshow right now it's 144 pages and a beautiful little soft cover now it features nine original stories for Court of the Dead with exclusive behind the scenes content on how Sideshow put together these comics as well as some details behind the Court of the Dead statues. But a very interesting thing about this is that some of these stories are available as part of the free webcomic releases on courtofthedead.com. Now Jasmine will be linking to that if uh, she's got that link available. Mm -hmm. But the draw of Grave Tales is that it puts them all into a kind of linear story order that you can read standalone or one all the way through as one big story. It's not necessary to read them all as a story if you go right. in on the web comics, but it also has an original Malavestro story that was never released before this book's publication. Oh, it's so cool. It is. And actually <sighs> Malavestros as the chronicler fool of the court of the dead does a great job of kind of introducing the characters and stories that come up so you do get more lore to read almost like a hickman story you know yeah. you've got those big old lore pages in the x-men of like yeah. the emails transcripts that the mm -hmm. hellfire trading company is sending malavestros gives you nice little uh overviews into the life of the characters almost like the crypt keeper introducing stories mm -hmm. um amazing creators were involved in this as well of course tom gilliland created the world and the story characters um but some of the writers and artists include manuel garcia ariel olivetti landry walker karina bechko david palumbo joshua hale fialkov ivan karitarev and more mm -hmm. yeah a, a lot of those artists who have books that we've covered here on the show and you know you know we the royal sideshow we have had the the priv the privilege of working with them on you know court of the dead grave tales i mean uh this is such a perfect entry for people who really want to just envelop themselves in the uh court of the dead world i actually just personally just went through all of the court of the dead uh free comics that we have online again jasmine will drop those links for i believe you can just go to court of the dead.com forward slash comics i believe it might be that i think um, so and you know you can read them in linear order. I mean that's how I read them as well, and it was it reads wonderfully. The art is great, the lore is rich. I love it so 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 much. 
And each of the stories is roughly about eight to 10 pages. So they are real nice bite-sized um, kind of views into the world of the court. Now I do have the list of stories that are included in the omnibus. Mm -hmm. uh, and that is the rise of death, death's first harvest. So both of those are about the all taker death's siren, a murky redemption, which mm -hmm. is all about Galavarb's origin story. Um, then there is call of the Valkyrie and to hell with heaven, which are both Kier stories lament of the executioner, which is all about Oglevale. Uh, Mourner for a Moment, which is a Gethsemane story. Mm -hmm. Reflections, which is a very spooky Zile story. And then The Compassion of Madness is the original story that was never re before released. And that is a Malavestros and White Shiv the Errant, uh, who's also known as Hero's Heartache. He's one of my favorite characters. Uh, he's very handsome for a dead guy. Uh, but he's <laughs> that's, that's a really fun story as well. That it, All of those just give you a really great look into the beautiful kind of cast of court of the mm -hmm. dead and there are three web comics that aren't included in this so you have i mean you've got incentive to check out both the omnibus and the uh web comics but the web comics that were not featured in the collection are the rise of the queen which is a gethsemane origin story the rise of the red death which is all about our friend Avarkis, uh and then whispers in the underworld which is a little introduction to shard so you do uh have two different places to go for a bevy of different court of the dead uh content and there is also a graphic novel called shadows of the underworld written by jacob murray who was featured on uh comics hall for his release the eighth immortal yes uh, with art again by ivan karitarev now this is an entirely standalone tale uh it is 112 pages with 98 pages of story and then additional behind the scenes content there's a nice introduction at the beginning that beautifully summarizes the conflict of um, heaven and hell and where the underworld falls in it. It is a twenty nine ninety nine uh, hardcover edition available on Sideshow. Whoa. And the, one of the coolest things that you have to see for yourself when you get this in hand is that the pages are like border to border art. There is no, mm -hmm. I mean, there's gutters, there's lines to divide the panels, but there's no white space around. The art goes to the end of the page and you think it's practically going to spill off. Every page is full color. Incredible. Uh, and it's a great it's it's a great story for both established fans who are uh, eager to see more of like Kier's adventures um, yep. as well as some of the other characters. And it's great for newcomers because it does a great job of introducing lore as it goes. Mm -hmm. um, focused in the tale are Gethsemane, the Alltaker, Kier and Exrael fighting a brand new threat, uh, Geddes Avancor and the Dreadscript, which is that corrupting force, the purple energy that you see in some of the statues. Um it is the darkness inside of all mourners. So it is a really great tale. I don't want to spoil any of it, uh, but it is it is a really cool thing. And just and it, it it is hard to convey the seeing a book where the art goes all the way to the edge of the page. Like it does feel like the the underworld is spilling out mm -hmm. of the graphic novel. Um, highly recommend Shadows of the Underworld. But if you're looking for a place to start, you want to start with uh, Grave Tales and those web comics that you can check out right now online. Yeah. Um, and again, reminder, everyone, we have Court of the Dead Day coming up this Friday and we may have one or two. Um, uh, we may have one or two of these Gravetail omnibuses to give away. But Ooh. right now you can go to uh, Court of the Dead dot com and shop and it'll be right up there. Jazz will drop a link um, right. Now, it's it's only it's only $19 for all this incredible, incredible art. But Amy, we have one more segment. We do our favorite segment to take it down. 
uh, gently into that good night. We've got our holler at the hall. This week was a rockin' question we asked mm-hmm. all of you guys. We wanted to know your favorite fictional music acts in comics. Now, originally we were just thinking bands, but we also exp- uh, expanded to solo acts because, you know, there's a lot of uh, solo acts <laughs> in comics as well. Um so we got some great responses from you guys and, and a lot of fan favorites and some uh, newer ones as well. So, Paul, do you want to kind of get us started there? Mm-hmm. Uh, Mon Cork over in the Let Your Geeks at Show Facebook group said, Sex Babam, what a fun band. Um, and also one of our uh, one of our excellent moderators, Nafis Will, also says Sex Babam again from Scott Pilgrim. Yes, that is the Scott Pilgrim versus the World uh, band. Sean M. Snow said Murder Falcon, mm-hmm. a newer character by Daniel Warren Johnson, who's going to be taking on the Beta Ray Bill series for Marvel. But uh, Murder Falcon has a guitar, so he is ostensibly a musician. <laughs> it counts. It's canon. Um, Luke Hobber, Mike Farbo, and Kelsey Lynn Clary all said Dazzler, of course. Well, Andrew, Andrew Worshborn brought up the X-Men uh, character Lila Cheney, who was a, a great uh great callback there because i do know most people do think of dazzler but we've got some interdimensional uh singers as well and uh lauren ashley uh, excuse me lauren ashley zarillo said the mary janes that's spider gwen's band and um because i think i legally have to include this because he's my boss joe lombardo said the kingdom of the princess who saved herself they mostly play math rock and cuddlecore i don't know what that means joe lombardo but whatever you say sir (laughs) The Princess Who Saved Herself is a a fantastic book for younger readers. So if you've got a young music fan in your life, definitely check that out. I think it's more of an illustrated um, prose book than a comic, but I could be wrong. I know it's got art by Takeshi Miyazawa, who uh, is a frequent contributor to the Miss Marvel comics. Um, so that's a lot of fun. And if you guys go to the Let Your Geek Side Show Facebook group, check out that question when we asked it. I did include links to an, a, a little-known secret that I personally adore, <laughs> uh, but to promote the Brendan Fletcher and Annie Wu Black Canary series, there were two separate EPs produced on Bandcamp with actual music by the Black Canary Band uh, meant to promote the series uh, and kind of celebrate the character Black Canary and be in world for uh the band releasing music and the songs are really good i think i have the second album so there's like there's a song called get in the car and there's lost art and they're actually just really good songs so i highly recommend you check that out you can download those on Bandcamp, um, i believe for a, a nominal fee but that's some cool multimedia crossover with comic books and music combined now we do have another question for you guys next week um we'll post this up in our let your geek sideshow facebook group but you can always email us at the comics hall at sideshow.com our new question for next week is if you had complete creative control over one comic book character who would it be and why some people are very protective of their favorite characters and we want to <laughs> know if you were handed the keys to the kingdom for one character who would it be and why mm-hmm yeah, so you can let us know. We will post that up in the Let Your Geeks Head Show Facebook group. We will put it up on our Instagram as well. Um, please let us know. We are we are very curious. Me and Amy also have very unique answers as well, I imagine. Mm-hmm. And, and I, note, just because uh, that's our question, we have no ability to give you creative control. We ho- hope and uh, wish the best for you, but we have no influence over we'll, we'll see. We'll who talk. gets creative control. <laughs> this isn't recorded, right? It's only it's only live to a couple hundred of our favorite people. Hello. So, 
But uh, we will be back next week with a, a great show to wrap up the end of February. Uh, unfortunately, Paul will not be on next week's episode, but we will have moderator Jasmine sitting in the hot seat with me while we cover some of the newest releases from Image, Marvel, DC, and more. Mm-hmm. So uh, don't forget to join us for Court of the Dead Day this Friday, February 19th. It's going to be a lot of fun. Please mm-hmm. check out those web comics and enjoy them and have fun. Uh, but until then, I'm Amy. And I'm Paul. And this has been The Comics Hall. Thanks for joining us. This has been The Comics Hall with Amy and Paul, presented by Sideshow. Submit your response to our fan mail question of the week by emailing thecomicshall at sideshow.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Also, don't forget to vote on the panel of the week in the Let Your Geek Sideshow official Facebook group. You can watch us live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on Sideshow's official Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitch, and Periscope channels. And you can keep in touch with our show on social media at The Comics Hall on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, don't forget to let your geek side show. Mm